Welcome to the Beach Grove United Methodist Church Podcast, where you can hear our Sunday morning sermons in audio form and take them wherever you go. A reminder that if you want to watch the entire service, our services are available on our YouTube channel linked in the podcast notes. We would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast so that new sermons come into your feed as soon as they are available, and you can do this using your favorite podcasting app. We would love it if you would help to support the missions and ministries here at Beach Grove through your tithes and your offerings. A donation link is also linked in the notes below. And lastly, find us on Facebook and Instagram to follow along with all the fun things happening at Beach Grove, whether you live in Suffolk, Virginia or not. We hope you enjoyed this week's message, and please don't forget to share it with others. The scripture lesson for this message comes from the book of John, chapter 4, verses 46 through 54. Then he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had changed the water into wine. Now there was a royal official whose son lay ill in Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judah to Galilee, he went and begged him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my little boy dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started on his way. As he was going down, his slaves met him and told him that his child was alive. So he asked them the hour when he began to recover, and they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. The father realized that that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he himself believed along with those, his whole household. Now this was the second sign that Jesus did after coming from Judea to Galilee. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us go to God in prayer. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you. That through your word for us this day, we would grow closer to you, understand and see in your son the words that you speak to us each and every day. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. You know, if we encapsulate this entire idea of what we learn in the Gospels, it's this idea of new life that is presented through Jesus Christ by way of God. I think we can all get behind that when we read the Gospels. These are stories that take us through the life of Christ so that we can see in Christ the person of God that he embodies. And so as we look here in the Gospel of John, and as we have talked about, we've come in to talk about this nature of life, of the experience of life beyond what we experience here as physical life. Right, We have this, this physical life that we live here on earth. We have the, the air that we breathe. We have the, the friends that we have. But the promise of God and the promise of Jesus is that there is more and there is a new life that we receive in Christ Jesus. And so as we saw last week, and we began to define this idea of the kingdom of God, the reign of God that is present in the other gospels in Matthew, Mark, and Luke as a terminology, but here it is present in these signs and actions that Christ offers to us. We saw last week in his first sign that Jesus talks about the abundance that is existent in this new life. We talked about the abundance of God's grace, both in quality and in quantity, the overwhelming nature that comes upon us and the pure nature 
of what God offers to us. And now I'm sure that some of you went home last week and you were maybe reflecting on this sermon. And you're like, yeah, but, but pastor, like sometimes I don't feel that nature of abundance that God offers, right? Sometimes, sometimes I'm having a really bad day and it's, and it's really hard for me to recognize God's abundance. It's really far, hard to recognize how God is working in my life. And, and friends, I hear you. I hear you. I have, I have bad days just like everybody else. And it is. It's really hard to recognize the way that God is working when we just feel alone, when we feel abandoned, when, when we maybe can't feel God's presence as much. And, and that's one of the things that gets preached in the Gospels here. As we look and we, we move our way into this second sign, we see this nature in which Jesus is, or uh, sorry, the gospel writer John is naming here in the scriptures, he's telling the story of Jesus, the nature of what it looks like of God's inner workings when there is this opposition to abundance in our life, namely this abundance of life itself. Right? And so we dive into this story, and we see in this story, this is the first of three healing stories in the Gospel of John. So there are three stories in which Jesus miraculously heals people, right? We've got this week's story. That is, that is, the, um, that is the healing of this official son. We have next week's story, which is the story of the paralytic uh, that gets up from his mat. And then we have the story, we have the final story, which is the sixth sign, um, which is, now I can't remember, the healing of the blind man, of course the healing of the blind man. And so we see in these three stories, this almost supernatural nature in Jesus's ability, right? And this is often where we look at things and we're like, oh, these are miracles, right? And when we look in Matthew and Mark and Matthew and Mark are using miracles to describe healings just like these. But you see, John again is very different in the telling of these stories because John clearly denotes each and every one of these to be signs, Right, not pointing necessarily to this supernatural nature in which we see Jesus miraculously healing people, but rather these are signs that teach us about who Jesus is. Right, see, the mistake is to look at a story like this and think to ourselves that we only look and see God as this divine magician who is around to only solve our problems. And we get lost in the true understanding of what Jesus is trying to teach here. Right? Remember, those signs are pointing us to something that is greater, that is beyond what actually we read in the scripture. And so in our scripture today, we read this story about an official son who is sick and the official seeking out Jesus for healing. But you see, under that, there's so much that is happening Behind that, there is so much in the words that Jesus says as he's interacting, not just with the official, but with the crowd around the official. And if we begin to dive into this scripture, when we begin to get into the nitty gritty, we see this, this opposition to abundance in life, right? It's this opposition to what we feel like we can control. And so not only do we have an opposition of abundance in the sickness of the little boy, right? There's a physical, tangible nature of life, the abundance of life that is not present in this little boy. And and then also, we have this opposition of abundance in the belief of the official who goes and seeks out Jesus. 
Right? We're told about the illness of this, of this official son, and this man comes desperately seeking a cure, seeking something, seeking some kind of thing from Jesus to just know that his son is going to be all right. And how many of us come to God in that same almost desperate feeling when we feel like everything else is lost, crying out to God, Lord, just help me. Right, We may focus and hone in on, on a physical component, on a, on a spiritual component, on an emotional component, but we come to Jesus hoping that there is something that Jesus can do to help us. Hoping for something like this royal official. And when the royal official gets to Jesus, he's met with this line. Unless you see the signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now, you see, Jesus in the book of John does this thing yeah, we heard last week, right, where, where Jesus is like, Mary asks Jesus and tells Jesus, hey, can you make some more wine? And Jesus is like, oh, I don't know. Like, it's not my time. Like, maybe I shouldn't do it yet. And again, we kind of, we kind of see again Jesus pushing back against what is happening with this royal official. But really, what we begin to see is this nature, not in which Jesus, again, speaks against the person who comes before him seeking the sign, but he speaks and draws on this understanding of the impact that these signs and wonders have on the story. Right, John includes this line in the miracle so that we can see and understand. It's a reminder of the abundance that Jesus offers. It's a reminder that our belief starts in seeing who Jesus is and this nature deeply rooted in the gospel's that allows us to dive more into these signs and miracles. And it makes a sign in and of itself, conveying this, this message of how God works in our lives. Right? It's a statement of wonderment that draws us further into the kingdom. Right? We become witnesses to the signs, to the wonders, to everything that Jesus does, not just in one moment. Right? This is not just a one-time experience because, you know, like I told the kids, this is something where we go throughout our lives and we recognize and see the natures in which Christ is not just working in one moment, in one instance, but Christ and God are working in every moment to bring the signs and wonders before our eyes each and every day. In fact, when we look at this, this testament from Jesus, you will not believe, that's not just like Jesus talking to the official. In fact, if you, if you look in your Bible, if you look in any, any of the pew Bibles or you look, I think I might have put it in the, in the sermon notes. So if you look there, there's like an, I put an asterisk because that's a plural. Jesus is not just talking to the official, he's talking to the entire crowd. And so the lesson in this sign, what we learn from this sign is that of belief in the face of this overwhelming doubt, right? What does Jesus say? Jesus says to the man after the man asks him, pleads to him, begs him, go, your son will live, right? For all this man knew, Jesus was just a guy who said something to him, make him feel better a little bit, Right, we don't learn until the, until the official gets back to his house that his son has gotten better. And so what are we learning in this passage? But in the face of this doubt, right, this man has no idea what is going on. All he knows is that in Jesus, there's this sense of life that exists in him. 
And so we look at that word believe, right? And so if we, we dive in here to this word believe, we see that as the official, even from the very beginning, the official has belief in Jesus, right? I mean, why would he not, why would he go to Jesus? Why would he travel? So fun fact, Capernaum, where this man is from, and, and Jesus is in Cana, right? Jesus has gone back to Cana where he performed the miracle of turning water into wine at the wedding. So Jesus has gone back to Cana after traveling around. Capernaum to Cana, 20 mile walk, right? Like, they didn't have trains, they didn't have cars, they didn't have buses, um, they didn't have airplanes. Like your mode of transportation was walking Maybe I had a donkey that you could ride on. And so this 20-mile journey that this man took, I mean, this would have, it would have taken the better part of a day. One way. Right? He would have traveled one day and then traveled back the next, all to see this man Jesus, who he thought could offer healing to his son. I like to think that the that the official, he believed in Jesus long before he met Jesus. Long, he believed that Jesus could do something for his son. And in that, this is why we look and we see the nature in which belief is, is attached to both the promise and the revelation. Right, the promise is that the man that knows that Jesus can do something, and the revelation is when something actually happens. And so we look and see the way in which the word believe is used in this passage is used three times. Right, it's used in that statement by Jesus, right? Unless you, unless you all believe in me, believe in the, see the signs and wonders, you will not believe in me. And then it's used two more times to describe the way in which the, in which the official's belief transforms when he sees the signs and wonders of Christ. Right, and this Greek word that, that, that exists for belief, this, this, this word pisteo, and this is where the, the kids are always smarter than us, right? Because Ethan, he told us that belief means trust. And this word pisteo, it li literally rests in this idea of trust and commitment. And so when we talk about belief, when we talk about these experiences that we have, it is about trusting in Jesus. This becomes the hard part when we experience rough times, right? In the face of doubt, because in the face of doubt, it becomes hard to believe anything. But what this official teaches us, what this official shows for us, is that in the face of this doubt, it is the belief that brings us healing. Now, I cannot, I, I mean, I like, this is the thing about being a pastor. Like, I wish, I wish that when we have friends, family, loved ones who are sick, who are in trouble, that, that we could offer those miracles. And this is where I say it gets dangerous for us to, to look at Scripture to define it in that way, but when we look at it to define these signs and wonders. Who is the one that is truly healed in this situation? You see, Jesus heals the heart of the official just as much as the boy is healed. The heart of the official is given compassion, is given grace. It's in both this promise and this realization of the promise that we live into our belief. And we see that the official sets the standard for it. Right, there is a promise that he thinks that his son can be saved. 
And then there's this realization that when it happens, the belief continues to be transformed. And this is the heart of the signs that God offers to each and every one of us. And if we look at the way that John writes these texts, we see the way in which it is this eternal life, this life beyond life here on earth, that we receive all that God promises to us, right? We, we skipped over, you know, the most famous passage here, but Jesus is having this conversation between him and Nicodemus. And this is where Jesus says, right, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that so whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. Right, this life, this life that we're living right here is, is fragile. It breaks in an instant. But you see, the life that God promises, that is eternal. And Jesus in this sign is pointing us to the way in which he is the Lord of life. Right, it asks us, what is, what is the nature of God, of the kingdom? And if we looked last week, we found this idea of abundance. This week we look at what happens when there's opposition to this abundance. It is our belief in God that gets us through. It is the signs and wonders that God offers to us each and every day. And it's resting and being assured. Because if we know anything about life, there are good days and there are bad days. Amen? And I often tell people that it's the good days. The good days we learn the lessons because when we get to the bad days... It's going to be the lessons we learned when we weren't struggling that are going to help to get us through. It's going to be the community that we built up around us. It's going to be the friends, the families, the neighbors, the pastor. It's going to be the lessons of grace, of belief, of signs and of wonders that help us in those deep and dark times. Right? What happens when we can't recognize that abundance? How will we rely on Jesus? Right, It's this promise of life. It's a love that looks beyond the physical, that comes down deep into the spiritual, that heals the pains that sometimes we try and push away. Sometimes we try and seek out Christ and sometimes we beg. Looking for Christ to work within our lives and all Christ says to this man is open your eyes to the signs and the wonders, right? Go from me, your son will live. And it's in those experiences that we see from him that we see in the belief that the official has in Jesus, the trust, the commitment. But there is a spiritual transformation in that entire household. Not just the son is healed, but we look at how the official was changed, how the community around him was transformed. Right? Jesus is the Lord of life, and through him is this idea of love, of grace, of everything that we could have never imagined. And it asks us, and it, and it puts within our hearts of looking for the healing that Christ is offering for us. Of looking and seeing the signs and wonders that are in our lives. The smiles of those whom we love. The blooming of those beautiful flowers. You know, uh, Carol this morning walked in and said that these flowers are beautiful, and I couldn't help but agree because they do look so awe inspiring and amazing. 
And I can't help but think when I see the leaves change, I can't help but think about the wonders of God that exists right here in this community. Right? God is working right here within us. And God will always be there in the good and in the bad. And when we don't feel that abundance, it is our belief. It is that thing that draws us towards Christ that works in those healing manners to help us as we continue to go along this journey. The question is, are we willing to open our eyes and observe the signs and wonders? Are we willing to bring our beliefs into who Jesus is calling us to be? Amen.